You're listening to DraftKings Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cool Against Women's World Cup Daily. Alexis is still on vacation, but I am very much here. What's good? I am Christian Polanco, and I am joined by a very special guest, a dear, dear friend, the homie uh, that, uh, you know what? It's actually, it's it's a shame. It is a crime that it's been just way too long since you've been on the show because you become... Uh, I'm not gonna say you be necessarily become a you you are a superstar. I'm gonna just say I'm gonna just say that. But it's a you know I if sometimes at this point we're at the superstar and we're just like should we text Meg? I don't even know if she's gonna answer, but she does, <laughs> and she did, and that's why she's on the show today. Shout out to Meg Linehan, everybody. Meg, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm on the weirdest sleep schedule on the face of the planet. I went to bed at like six o'clock last night and then, yeah, it's just, you know, World Cup life, even coming back to the States is still. Yeah, you were you were obviously in, um, uh, you know, in uh, New Zealand and Australia Mm -hmm. uh, covering the World Cup for for the athletic. And, uh, you know, even like when I was like hitting you up, I'm like, I don't even know what. Is it 2023 in Australia? Well, I don't even know if I should. <laughs> it is the worst time zone on the face of the planet. Like, <laughs> just trying to, and I, I found a website that would actually just show me the the time zones, but also allow you to be like, if it's 4 p.m. here in New Zealand, what time is it? Be-? Because trying to schedule things was just a impossible. Be like, people are like, well, can you do seven o'clock in the morning? And it's like, I can, I don't want to. <laughs> I will hate like, you, but I guess I, yeah, guess I physically like, could. I physically can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's so, and plus you'd wake up every morning and it was just like, you'd just be a wall of email, Slack, like every, cause everybody's had a full day and then you wake up and it's like, theoretically, I'm the one in the future. Why is all of this happening? <laughs> Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, what was that Fergie line? You're living in 2000 and late, you know? Why are you doing Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, no, why I just bothering like, I... me. <laughs> so so uh... it got slightly better, but yeah, it was just, I don't think any of us were truly prepared for a World Cup. First of all, in that time zone, but be in winter, because I kept getting texts from people being like, is everybody really wearing coats? And I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it seemed like it was winter, winter. I mean, I don't know how exactly how cold it was, but it, like it, it, some days it was very pleasant and it was just like, oh, I get to wear all my fall layers and it's not fall right, yet. And right. It's deeply enjoyable. But then sometimes you'd be in Wellington and it's 8 p.m. at night and the wind is like whipping through the media tribune. And I was wearing two pairs of pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Meg, let's get right into it because obviously we watched the the game uh, this morning, England uh, against Australia, and we, you know, this. I I feel like the majority of the world were all Matildas and <laughs> England. very up the Tilly's energy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, England and uh, you know, Coach Serena uh, Vigman uh, broke a lot of hearts. Uh, it was uh, obviously the host nation, uh, Australia, playing, and they uh, what a, what a tournament. But they just uh, fell short to, you know, uh, well, obviously was uh, the, the better team. But this is, um, I mean, your, your initial reaction, and because, uh, you know, I'll get to mine as well, but it just disappointing. I don't know. It was just like disappointing yeah. mistakes from Australia that really just cost them. Well, you have, you're going from the high of Sam Kerr scoring that goal, right, of, of this, like, transcendent moment for Sam Kerr, who's been hurt, who's been injured, who hasn't been able to play who has truly the weight of an entire nation on her shoulders, scoring that goal. And then only moments later, her defense just like completely collapsing. Right. And that face of her just kind of being like, (laughs) I did all this for you. And this is what, okay. All right. Right. And so I think it is so frustrating because just having been in Australia and having been in a lot of these fan spaces, but also just, this was a world cup where being in the host nation, it was not a women's world cup. It was a world cup period. Like it felt so different and you would get into a cab and people would be like, are you going to the, what are you doing? Like, what are And they wanted to talk to you about games, about players, about results. Like it's so specific. And so to see that energy coming out of Australia, out of the host nation, feeling like this is going to be potentially their 99 moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's going to completely revolutionize the game to then get that Sam Kergel and then immediately have it yeah. fall apart. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's heartbreaking. It's just, it's completely heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, kind of the, the, the best way to kind of, uh, encapsulate it. I mean, just the, um, I, I, I don't know who was the defender. It was a fullback that just didn't make. Oh, could, Ellie Carpenter. Con- yeah. She just like could not make, make contact with the ball. Or, or, yeah. or it was like a little bit, couldn't make contact, couldn't make a decision. <laughs> like it, it's, it's one of those, Oh, it I was, I think, it. maybe a miscommunication of like, yeah. oh, you're coming, like, or even like, Arnold, oh, you're coming to get it, you're, uh, or, or like, I don't want to give up a corner because you know or set pieces penalty, right? you know, or penalty, right? right? And it's like I don't want to, you know, you, we know how dangerous set pieces are uh, uh, and how they've been at at this World Cup, and just so unfortunate to go from that high of the Sam Kergel to that because uh, so we bad. were we were so desperately waiting for that Sam Kerr moment and it happened at right. just in a, <laughs> such a perfect time and the and yep. the momentum was definitely with Australia they really really played well I thought they would win this game just a, they looked pretty good throughout this tournament I, I don't know if they surprised you as much as they did me I did not think they would play so so well and you know I've been talking up her name so often but Mary Fowler yeah Mary what, Fowler's had a great tournament what a great tournament <laughs> For me, the I think the number one warning sign this morning was when we found out Alana Kennedy was not going to play in this game. And as much as Sam Kerr coming back into that lineup helps, I mean, you need someone to score goals, right? And like Sam Kerr can obviously score. I mean, that was just a, it was a perfect, perfect goal. But you also need players who are consistently in this defense to perform, and then to miss out on Alana Kennedy, who is ill. That yeah. was the one where I was like, "Uh oh!" Like the and she's been the, great too. Not a great <laughs> sign. Not a great sign. And that she's she's just been with that team forever. Like that is a player that I think you trust. 
to be the cool head in the right moments. And yeah, I think it had an impact on the game, but yeah, just, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, we're, it's weird for us two Americans to be so somber about this Australian team. And it truly, like... I just, I, I, my wife came into the room and was just like, I'm really sorry about England. And I was like, me too. You're just like, Oh, <gasps> Oh, no, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really... yeah. And there's like, I I don't know. It is it is really funny because I feel like after the US got knocked out, it was, I think everybody kind of shifted to Japan and then had come around on Sweden and then had like fully moved into Australia bandwagon. And so it's just kind of been like one cut punch after right. the other. <laughs> and we're all just like, cool. I guess, <laughs> and uh, this is the final we have now, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, England and Spain. People are calling it the the OG uh, colonizer derby or the colonizer <laughs> classico, uh, which is all right. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's a um, let well, well I want to talk about the, the 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 final in a second, but uh, let's let's give the praise to England. Um, yeah. They did get the job done. England has been, I mean, you have to give credit to England because first of all, you think about all the players that they're missing, right? Like this mm-hmm. was a story that came into the tournament with such massive storylines about Beth Mead and then Leah Williamson, like all of these players that are missing. And then you have Lauren James go out on a red card and extra game suspension. Serena Wigman, obviously, is, I think, the leading coach in women's international football at this point in time. And there's, I don't think a dispute about it. But England deserves credit for getting this moment. Like they have shown tournament football is survival, right? More than anything. And England has have shown that they can survive. They can score big moments. They have players who can step up. I mean, that no look pass from Lauren Hemp today was absurd. Yeah. Millie Bright's pass over the top too. Like the, it's the passing for me that really has stood out for England. Like they're able to find players and kind of break open teams in in clutch moments. So yeah, they they also they do get the credit. I mean, uh, impressive, obviously to to you know handle obviously the 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 game against Nigeria and, and losing Lauren James and and still winning that game uh, in penalties. But then also uh, the game against Colombia, where they yeah, it, it was like a home game for <laughs> Colombia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has had to play like two tough back to back sort of like mental opponents of the crowd being completely against them. Right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, where where'd this come from? Why do people hate the English uh, so much? Uh, <laughs> it's really, I will say, if you mute the phrase, it's coming home on yeah. Twitter, it <laughs> makes the experience a lot easier to stop. <laughs> good. That's good to know. That's good to I know. went this morning to go meet, and then it was already muted. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, all right. I, I thought of it already. Good. <laughs> Great. The uh, yeah, the the I mean, in this game against uh, Australia, they uh, I think that's where you have to give them a lot of credit because the 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 mental kind of strength to mm-hmm. have that game against Colombia and and where you know clearly we know who the sort of underdog is, but the fans are really really behind them and yeah. with with the Matildas, it was just clearly there, and that's why that giving up that second goal was really really the heartbreak because that if they didn't do that i don't see i could well i could essentially see um um australia winning the game because they were kind yeah. of on the front foot um but so many players just really really uh uh, uh stepping up and and this is i mean you know 
as far as any kind of prediction for for the final, I mean, it's you. You, I guess, you just have to favor England. I mean, they, uh, Spain are really good, but and and we know they're going to possess the ball. But mm-hmm. England have so many different kind of playmakers that can really make it difficult. Do you think um, Lauren James? You don't think? Uh, does she start? Does she start in the final? I don't know. Well, especially because I think we've seen back to back starting 11s be the same for England. So yeah. it kind of feels like you want to keep that momentum. And we've seen that from Serena Wigman over the years of like, she has kind of her approach, right? Uh-huh. And it changed slightly this tournament. But I can see them just being like, listen, we know this 352 is working. <laughs> and we're just going to go. And then also, like, it's not a like it it would be bad for Lauren James but it's a very good thing for England to be like oh here's Lauren James right yeah. like that's still kind of an ideal setup of we know that we have the starting 11 that has worked the past couple of games that has gotten results and now we get Lauren James back yeah yeah so i mean it's it's a a, a great scenario it worked out for her cuz she obviously was yeah. uh, was was missing a lot of games and would only be available for the final and now england are in the final so they uh, obviously a lot to be excited about i'm excited about the uh uh the world cup final i also happen to be pretty excited about the league's cup final that is happening on saturday what a transition because did, i don't know if you know this uh <laughs> meg linehan but uh Coors light is the official sponsor of the league of leagues cup 2023 and we've been watching you know Me- messi has been appointment television and it's it, you know a lot of people didn't didn't think the league's cup would even be that like entertaining and it has been wildly entertaining and we all enjoy it with an ice cold Coors Light, you know, and Meg, I don't know if you know this about Coors Light, but the I'm I'm happy to this is my pitch to you <laughs> because you know that a Coors Light is cold enough and perfect enough to drink because the mountains turn blue right on Oop, the bottom. They do. Okay, look they at this. Do. See the marketing works. They they are everybody everybody's <laughs> thankful and grateful that I'm continue I continue to put out this uh this message and make people aware of of how great core how great Coors Light can be. As especially during League's Cup, okay? So this summer, stay passionate and stay refreshed with the nice cold Coors Light, official beer of League's Cup 2023. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash Cooligans. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Meg, how'd I do? (laughs) You did great. (laughs) They do turn blue. Okay, good. Look at that. Look, see, it's always yeah. a I, for any every guest uh, that that joins me and I do this ad. It's always a, like a nice little, a nice little surprise, nice little break. You know, it's it's an ad you don't want to skip, and also you're also forced to listen to it, which is also part. Of it. <laughs> your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Meg, you are uh, truly an incredible journalist. Uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've been lucky to know you for uh, a long time. And I've seen uh, not only your, your growth in, uh, in, in your own craft, uh, in, in popularity, but also, uh, you've just done some incredible uh, and important work that I've really uh, admired. You know, and I don't say that lightly. Obviously, the um, the, the the article, uh, uh, you know, the NWSL kind of scandal and everything that mm-hmm. happened there. Uh, but then you also recently wrote um, an article about the U.S. women's national team getting knocked out of uh, of the World Cup, and I recommend everybody, uh, you know, to check it out on the Athletic. But this is, uh, I, I kind of want to ha- have this, especially now that you've had a little bit of time, now that you're back home, um, mm-hmm. just the, uh, just looking back a little bit, because the, the experience, you know, I was talking to Jessica Smetana uh, yesterday, she was on the show, and I, I basically made the uh, example that, you know, we cover women's soccer on this show from time to time. We are, we are stand-up comedians that talk about this sport. I don't think the, the bar is incredibly high for us as, as maybe some journalists, but people tend to uh, appreciate the fact that, you know, I, we, we show some love to, to the women's game. And the, but we've never uh, done 30 straight days of covering mm-hmm. women's soccer. And it's been an interesting aspect of, of uh, sort of our lives and our careers where people are really upset that we seem to be talking about women's soccer for 30 days straight, where there's, it, it has brought in. Uh, How a- dare you? You're a gender <laughs> traitor, actually. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, You're yeah. A gender traitor. And- <laughs> so people, you know, the manosphere is upset with us. Uh, and, uh, but I basically said, like, when you cover women's soccer for 30 days straight, um, you essentially feel like a woman on the Internet, right, who deals with a lot of <laughs> criticism yeah. and judgment over anything that you really do. Um, but th- this has been a, a unique time. So, you know, we're not used to seeing the U.S. women's national team lose. And it's been uh, kind of, it, it's brought out the crazies, the weirdos, the people who probably don't definitely don't even watch games they don't watch soccer but they have a lot of opinions on uh on women's soccer so when you were uh, writing an article and just kind of sifting through all this stuff uh i'm sure it feels kind of gross (laughs) but what was it (laughs) what was uh yeah how'd it go how'd you do it what what was kind of nice about being over there and so i wrote that column literally my last night in australia like i was getting on a plane the next morning out of Sydney to go back home. And, um, you know, that last day I had flown from Melbourne to, to Sydney just to, to basically put myself in proximity to the airport. And I was like, I'm going to book myself a nice little beach hotel and do this nice, beautiful coastal walk. <laughs> and I had, I think my first beer, honestly, in like probably two weeks because I got sick over there. So like I was, a I light, put myself in the Obviously best. Obviously light, so we all know yeah, that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Coors Light, very popular in Australia, (laughs) famously. Um, But, you know, I tried to, like, put myself in, like, this good, calm mental space before I got myself kind of very revved up again. Because one of the other things, too, is we we were kind of watching throughout the tournament that there was this brewing rehash of some of the 2019 stuff, right? Like, suddenly there was this new discussion about, well, they're not singing for the anthem. And we were trying, like, we were all kind of talking to each other across, like, the media group of, like, 
are you touching it? I don't want to touch it. Like, it's not, it's not people who care about the team. It's a bad faith attack. Like if we give it oxygen, it takes off. Like we don't want it to kind of pierce the bubble that we're in. So basically we kind of like put something together in case the issue got forced. Mm. And so I took a lot of what I had kind of put into place there and just started expanding it in terms of, you know, this was, uh, it was a moment that just a lot of people have been waiting for for four years, right? And Megan Rapinoe is obviously just like a lightning rod of a person. But I think there is some comfort in the fact that it shows that they have cultural power in the US, that they are a threat to a certain segment of the population. Because first of all, like, and it really is a simple that they are women, but they are successful women, that they had this moment of failure, right, which happens in sports. But suddenly it becoming about, well, they didn't sing for the anthem. They're deeply unpatriotic. You have Donald Trump popping up. And like so much of it, too, is also it's a distraction from the fact that he's being indicted left and right. Right. Like it's Nikki Haley trying to like glom on to something when she doesn't have good (laughs) approval numbers right at the moment. She's trying to run for president. Like so much of it is just I think I use the word craven. Right. Like it's manufactured and it's just to score a point. And I think sometimes we forget that these are actual human beings on the other side of it. And that, you know, I just think about like what's happened with Brittany Griner, right. In the WNBA and that she like her physical safety is currently in question. And so, and I've seen this for, for Megan Rapinoe, right. Like Megan Rapinoe has to have like extra security at games. And this is already the case. And now I think, I'm, I'm honestly even more worried about it now, right? Because I think they do sense this kind of weakness or vulnerability. And so um, the column was not necessarily fun to write, but I think, um, you know, I give full credit to my editor, Alex Abnos at The Athletic, because I kept joking, like the Key and Peel skit, like he was my anger translator, where I was just like truly like, throwing fire and I was like I don't think I'm allowed to be this spicy so you have to like bring it back into a level where it is going to like actually be published but yeah it was I I think it just kind of you don't want to give it weight you don't want to give those comments weight but also at some point I think you have to have a reality check that's all uh, it's an interesting thing of like you know the the not singing for the anthem right Which, which is like I mean did you watch like if the people watch if they actually did watch Plenty of countries didn't sing the people didn't sing the anthem or something. Yeah, some, didn't. Some, players, some players do. Yeah, it's yeah, and yeah. also like I have always found this fascinating too because and to be fair, I'm not an elite athlete in any way and never could be because my brain is not wired that way. But like if I'm about to play in a World Cup game, honestly, my last thought is probably about singing yeah, that national I'm anthem. To, I'm I am. Try, I'm I am trying to nail this to, anthem. I just yeah. gotta <laughs> warm up my vocals <laughs> before yeah. the game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So it's just, it's kind of, it's also like just not required. It's not required. That right, you right, say. right. Yeah. It's, so it, it's made up. Yeah. They, it's made up. Yeah. And, and that's sort of the thing of, uh, of it being manufactured. There's always like a moving of goalposts. Yeah. Like every, yeah. it's, it's like, I mean, I, I hope we all un- like collectively understand that normal people don't get upset about this stuff. Like reasonable yeah. people. 
don't care. Like I, I mean, I and and whether you're very patriotic or not, wherever you lie on any political spectrum, like it's deeply unimportant whether people sing anthems or not. And and you know when it to be when fair, it, also our anthem is terrible. Like it's terrible. <laughs> it doesn't so even like, slap like that. Why? No, are you it's not France. <laughs> It's not like there's better ones. I, I'll be honest. I don't even have the national anthem on my Spotify playlist. And if if I'm on if I'm un American because of that, I mean, then it is what it is. Uh, yeah. But it, it it is a um. It just seems like every single time there's just a new thing. And and yeah. I don't know. Like maybe as as you people get older and have been through these cycles. I don't know if you do. You remember um. In in this when Al Gore, I, mean, I, I guess we're you know aging ourselves, dating. I ourselves. am old enough for this. Okay, yeah. when Al Gore was in the debates, and remember when he he said the um the lockbox. Remember, you got to put oh, it in yeah. a lockbox. Lockbox, yeah. And then everybody was like, "Who is this dork talking about? Yeah. You got to put things in the lockbox." And he was like referring to like some financial policy or something. It was just really really like silly like big dad energy or whatever and right. this guy got hammered in, in the yeah. press uh same thing with like howard dean howard dean the yeah, bah, the right? yeah. yeah. and it, this was like we can't even have a, a dork like this be, ever be near uh you know the presidential office and now it's it is always that those were the things that people used to kind of debate about about what politics kind of should be this kind of silly stuff and now it is it is uh, it is uh what is the, the the movie idiocracy or whatever that movie yeah it's just it's it's absurd so that's right and it's and it all this stuff spills into soccer this is why it's so wild that the yeah. u.s women's national team are, are now used as a as a conservative tool and talking point to to rile to, to rile up yeah it's uh, a culture war like they're they're a wedge in the culture and what I found really interesting too, because I think the thing I was most worried about before the World Cup is the team has been pretty clear and pretty outspoken about supporting trans people in sports. And so that's what I expected it to be about. Not if they're singing for the anthem, yeah. but also I think polling has shown that the sports thing is kind of played out. Right. And so, but the, the whole thing is just so hypocritical. And that was really what I wanted to kind of get across is that, this is the this is the very same group that has been yelling that we have to protect women's sports now for a couple of years. Right. And then you have the absolute pinnacle of excellence <laughs> and you're attacking them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like it's never been about uh, women's sports. Yeah, right? it's, it's yeah, really it's so strange how that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a, it's about attacking women and attacking particular women that that will yeah. that will get people on board i mean it, it's it's uh you know it's a it's a bigger p sort of political issue but it, it's a um it, it it's it's in in certain people's philosophy and political philosophy it's okay to hate certain women um because those are not the right women that we want representing yeah. what america is and stuff like that and it's just it's just a never-ending there'll always be something right there's there'll always yeah i don't think it's ever going to go away at this point and yeah. what what it has also i think been interesting is that just this team is not political in the same way that the team in 2019 is like obviously megan rapino is on it but when you think it's younger and blacker than it's ever been and so i think outsiders who again don't watch the sport don't watch this team assign political motivations to some of these younger players who have not spoken out in the same way yeah, yeah. some of the older white players have 
that, and, and so that's a, that's there a, was just kind of this assumption of like Trinity Rodman isn't singing the anthem, so Trinity Rodman is anti-American, and it's just like, please just let her chew her gum <laughs> and a, play soccer. She's literally a child, like leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, and that's a great point. I mean, uh, uh, this this World Cup felt, you know, not in any sort of judgmental way. It felt the least def- divisive, least political. Le- leading up to it, it was just like a, a lot of positivity, a lot of marketing, great commercials. Uh, the jerseys have been great and all this other stuff. And and then it, it's everyone else sort of bringing up all this yeah. kind of unnecessary stuff that really wasn't there. Um, and and it's, yeah, it's just again, it's just a uh, it, it's a shame that that, um, you know, I, I'm not going to necessarily say that the U.S. Women's National Team was affected, it, affected by it in any way, because I, I really, you know, in my opinion, it's you know no, making no subs and the tactical decisions or yeah really i don't think it affected necessarily i think that there is a human cost though just to have it i mean like i don't know i mostly was just hoping everybody deleted twitter they're all i think on vacation right now like good for like please yeah. just get away from it and reset and you know come back and just you have to take care of yourself in these moments and i I mean i think about you know what kelly o'hara posted about missing that penalty and how she is it's very clear that she's beating herself up about missing that penalty and like it's just it's a tough thing to handle like that is to have your moment of failure be so public and obviously like with so much mess around it to like I don't know. It's. I think it's actually hard for most of us to probably fathom, like yeah. what the actual mental impact of something like that is like. Yeah, I mean, I I'll, I'll end with this. I I think the after you know after watching the U.S. Uh, lose and 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 you know it's been a long time since we've seen them lose. I, at the very least, I I think I'm prouder than the team than I've ever sort of been. I mean, it, it's a really uh, to 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 go through what they go through. I mean, it's just like even. Our comment sections are calling them awful, awful things, and all this other. Stuff. It's just like, it's 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 disgusting, and it's 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 hypocritical. It's it's you know we don't see the same type of criticism for the U.S. men. I mean, they get criticism too, but it's it's just a little, uh, you know, it has, it's definitely a lot more sprinkling of misogyny, and and uh, you yeah. know, it, it's a they use the team to spread their own hatred of women like that that's the thing that's uh really really gross to see but i you know i think the 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 players themselves and the future of the program i think is you know get the right coach and i think they're they're fine but i i'm i'm, I'm a fan of the message that they i'm a fan of what they mean to yeah. uh to to the country so even though they lose yeah it's a bummer but it's also sports like yeah, yeah. teams lose i don't it's just like there was no way that they were going to win forever. There just wasn't, and exactly. I think we've seen that in that role in this World Cup too, right? Like final aside, Germany went out in the group stage, right? Brazil went out in the like big teams went out early. This has been a, a tournament that has reminded us that rankings don't really mean anything, and that so many programs are on the verge of being truly, truly great, and with far fewer resources. Yeah. And with a lot worse stuff happening, right? Like we're ahead of the curve there, but 2027, I, phew, this is going to be a very different World Cup than yeah. what we've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, this this did feel <laughs> quite 
transformative. Uh, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm still. I it's, I think a, a, a huge boost. I think for women's soccer in in the world to see all the the new, the new countries do well. Uh, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and the U.S. losing. Now we're gonna have a new. Uh, World Cup champion that has never won uh, before, so that that'll be exciting. Obviously, so that's gonna be on Sunday. Uh, Spain against England. We don't have too much time, but I, I do want to just get your thoughts on uh, the Spanish national team uh, because we all know that the very public uh, fight that they uh, they've been having. The uh, I mean, everybody hates the coach. I mean, <laughs> that's, really, that's really what we've been been kind of getting. If they win. What does this mean for the Spanish Federation? Because it's yeah. obviously exciting for the players, I, but right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think everybody's just really worried that it, it makes their federation feel very emboldened of like, no, this this is the right guy to take us through this moment and he won't go anywhere. And so there's a couple different ways that I can play because yes, the federation might be emboldened, but also maybe the players feel emboldened and say, this man had nothing to do with it. Right. Like it's the challenges is that they took a stand and that it was not entirely successful. And they they kind of used their biggest ploy of of a quasi strike and then players came back. Yeah. So now like that move is kind of gone. So it is going to be really if they win it somehow it does turn into an uphill battle to actually try to make the changes because it does. It did feel like we just put pause in this uh, as an issue and there are these bigger systemic things happening it's it's bigger than the coach right like yes the coach is clearly a symptom of the overall problem but if they win it just feels like no we got it right i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah i think the I mean, I, I stuff in my mind. I mean, like if they do win, obviously the 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 victory tour is like the thing that is right. the next thing that happens, and maybe that is where the players say like, "All right, we won, but we're not playing any games until maybe this I mean, changes." So what could be interesting is I think about you go back to '99, the U.S. win the World Cup, and then players do immediately go on strike over bonuses in the Olympics ahead mm-hmm. of 2000, and th- those were big players too, and it was mostly successful yeah. so there is a precedent of you win a world cup and then you immediately kind of <laughs> have some sort of labor action mm-hmm. because it gives you power and and to be fair the u.s federation at that point was also very much in the like i mean you should if people haven't read those quotes from that kind of labor action where i mean the the secretary general of u.s soccer is basically like they should shut up and be grateful that they got to play in the World Cup final and they'll get to play in the like it's the same kind of stuff yeah. that we still see. So it, it is I don't and I think it just is gonna be people have to keep external pressure on because the it's the public battle that tends to move the needle more than anything within like the actual halls of a federation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, it, it's a lot of storylines uh, th- yeah. throughout this whole <laughs> World Cup, uh, and it's been fascinating. Uh, Meg, thank you so much for, for joining me. Thank you for all the coverage. Uh, I, I, again, I know it's uh, a lot of people may not be aware, but it is an incredible amount of work and coverage and, and going to different cities and, and, and traveling and, and stuff like that. So uh, we're definitely – very, very grateful for uh, your time. Um, everybody, make sure you go uh, follow. Uh, it's at It's Meg Linehan 
on uh, Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to call it. We're not going to call <laughs> we're it X. We're never going to call it X. Um, but Meg is just uh, absolutely one of the best. Uh, go subscribe to The Athletic uh, to, to read her work. Uh, literally, one of the best uh, you know, people who cover women's soccer. I mean, the go-to source, my go-to source, uh, without a doubt. I appreciate uh, that. Uh, Meg, thank you again. Everybody, make sure you subscribe uh, to our podcast if you haven't yet. Uh, uh, the Cooligans on all socials at at Soccer Cooligans on all socials. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, shout out to everybody watching on DraftKings Network as well. And um, that's it. We have uh, so Women's World Cup Daily. Um, I believe I, I, there's just a couple left. So I mean, obviously the finals on Sunday. We have okay. We. God, we have one more episode before the final. Uh, so just I uh, was my producer just told me in my ear. <laughs> so, and uh, but uh, as always, thank you so much to everybody who's been tuning into all these episodes. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't, um, you know, listen back to the old episodes. If you missed any, there are this is a comedy show. It, yes, we've talked about the sport or whatever, the team or the, or the result. It doesn't really matter. You'll still have a good time. So make sure you, uh, you tune in and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you have not yet. All right. Meg, you are the absolute best, an absolute legend in the game. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with another episode. Uh, keep enjoying the Women's World Cup. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.